0: go talk to keith langloy pistons nba insider at pistons.com he is standing by on the meyer lpga classic for simply give gas line how you doing keith i'm doing well thanks for having me uh take me inside that draft lottery day and what the mood was i know what it was with the fans uh, when the pistons ended up with the fifth pick when they were hoping to get number one
1: yeah, I'm sure, you know, I think the the most uh, disappointing thing about it was as, uh, you know, and then I was at the uh, Pistons, uh, you know, uh, headquarters there in downtown Detroit, and they had they had a bunch of fans in for an event for a party, and, you know, they were all watching as the, uh, you know, they come down from 14, and they get to 6, and it, and it held form. There had been nobody that jumped up, so you're thinking, you know, the reality is you knew all what the odds said, that there was – it was basically a coin flip that the Pistons would be picking fifth, as opposed to a top four pick. But when form held through, you know, the first nine picks, I guess, um, yeah, it, 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 then it looked like okay, we know that, that no one has jumped ahead of us so far, so maybe maybe the the map is working in our favor this time. And then when you get to five, then the, the suspense, you know, you you expect a little bit of a suspense to to build, and all of a sudden it was over, and it was. It was kind of you know it was disappointing in in, in that moment certainly, but it, again it, it was a coin flip and they all knew that and as Troy Weaver said I, look I'm not planning we don't build our strategy around winning the lottery that's what that's why they call it a lottery so yeah obviously disappointing and especially so because the, in a year where you're 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 they're talking about Victor Wembanyama coming in as perhaps the most hyped prospect ever and you know the most desirable. Uh, Lottery prize since at least Anthony Davis and probably LeBron James before him, and 20 years ago, you, you can't help but be disappointed. And yet, every every team in that lottery, even the, the even the three teams, Pistons being one of them, the best chance knew there was an 86 percent chance it wasn't going to happen. So that that's how it turned out. And you know, you you kind of you you know you, you shrug your shoulders, swallow hard, and move on.
0: So now with the fifth pick in this summer's draft on the NBA side, uh, the Pistons, you know, it's, it's one of the weaker drafts, I'll be honest. I get the, the victor side of things and the generational potential. But man, as I go through these mock drafts before and after uh, the lottery night, uh, it, it, it might be uh, the weakest stateside NBA draft I've ever seen.
1: Well, wait till next year. <laughs> that one that was supposed to be worse. Um, I, I think that I think that this draft is. Um, I, I don't know that we know enough about it to, to qualify it as weak or strong, and mostly because of of the the disparity in backgrounds of, of of the people that are projected to be at the top of the draft. Look, we're used to we've gotten used to one and dones and, and we, I, you know, I think scouts know how to kind of uh, project how single season production in college will extrapolate when these guys are nineteen and playing against you know college seniors how to extrapolate that they know how to extrapolate for yeah after you know about roughly thirty years of of dealing with international prospects now they look they look at someone 's production and as a young player in, in the European Pro leagues and know how to extrapolate that but this year three of the five six seven uh, top prospects are coming from. Uh, backgrounds where it's a little more difficult, uh, a little more nuanced. Uh, it, Scoot Henderson, either the two projected two or three thick is coming from the G League Ignite. They've only been in existence a couple of years, and then an even bigger wild card: the Thompson Twins are coming from Overtime Elite, and no one really knows what to how to how to, how to uh, extrapolate that production uh, against that quality of competition. So, I mean, look, those guys. Uh everybody looks at Henderson and the Thompson twins and, and they're obviously jaw dropping athletes. Maybe they'll be really good players and maybe they'll be they will be washouts. I just don't it, it's a it is I I think it's I think it's the toughest first round high lottery to project since I don't know, maybe the Anthony Bennett draft, whenever that was, when uh uh was that two thousand thirteen I wanna say maybe? Um when an hour before the draft, Bennett's agent was calling around. I think the Pistons had the eighth pick that year, and he was hoping that that uh, the Pistons would guarantee that he wouldn't fall any farther than eighth, and he winds up, up going first, and then was out of the league in two or three years later. So that was that was probably the weakest draft I remember, but but uh, but this one I would characterize more as an uncertain um, top of the lottery.
0: Keith Langlois, Pistons.com, Pistons NBA Insider, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. It seemed like the Pistons were moving fast on a replacement for Dwayne Casey as their new head coach. And then uh, some really big surprises in terms of firings in Milwaukee Phoenix. Things slowed down. Reportedly there were some interviews. So now what's the timetable you're hearing, or are you hearing anything when it comes to the announcement of the replacement for Casey as the Pistons' next head coach?
1: Yeah, I don't. I you know all I know is to uh, Detroit. Troy said uh, uh, the day that uh, well, it was, it was uh, April 9th, two days after the season ended, when he talked with, with Dwayne Casey as Dwayne was stepping down that. That he did not feel a real sense of urgency. Um, matter of fact, I asked him if he if he if he wanted to get a coach in place quickly, simply because of the fact that they have so many young players on the roster and player development is such a big thing. And he, he and I, I get why he said it. He said I didn't he didn't feel that sense of urgency, and one of the reasons is all their player development coaches are still under contract; they're still working with those guys. Um, but I, I think, you know, look, this is a really busy time of year for NBA front offices. I know that's hard to kind of wrap your head around the season ends and you're thinking, what, what could they possibly be doing? That there's draft prep and and the way the NBA does it, unlike, you know, the NFL maybe or baseball, free agency and the draft come... Uh, basically right on top of each other. Um, so there's a lot of groundwork being laid here, and I, they, they honestly, they don't need a coach in place. There's no real reason to have a coach in place. Even even on draft night, there's no real reason to have a head, a head coach in place. So I don't think, I think Troy is, is focused primarily on, you know, he's got a lot of irons in the fire, and he certainly is capable of multitasking, but the 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 priority certainly through with the combine just wrapping up and all the pro days going on right now there's a lot of uh, a lot of balls to keep in in the air just with with the draft and the, and then you've got to prepare especially when you have thirty million dollars in cap space you've got to be well prepared for free agency before. Um, you know, all, a lot of 90% of the groundwork of free agency is late before the official start of free agency. You're talking to agents. You're getting a sense of, of who might be interested in you. That, that I'm sure is occupying um, most of his time right now. Uh, and, and they are, you know, it, I, I know it's been reported. I know that they had supposedly been down to three finalists. Supposedly those three finalists have flown to Los Angeles to meet with Tom Gorris. And it's kind of uh, that. that's where you are for like, I believe like the last two weeks maybe. Um, so I, I don't know any more than that. I don't know if they're expanding their search. Uh, I don't know if they're circling back to those three, those three for another round of interviews. But again, I think that, that, uh, Troy has said all along that he does not feel the urgency to get it done immediately because there just, there really isn't an urgent need to have a head coach in place in, in June. So.
0: Keith, uh, you mentioned free agency. Looking at the roster, uh, who is returning? Well, what do you think are position targets uh, for Troy Weaver in free agency this summer for the Pistons?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. Um, you know, it, it's been more a, a, a kind of an open book, best player type thing for the, for the first couple of off seasons since Troy got here. But you look now, they've certainly got enough big men in place. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that it precludes adding if if they see an upgrade, but um, you know they've got four young big men. Marvin Bagley's the oldest at 24. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, 21. Jalen Duran, just uh, he's still 19. Um, And then they added James Wiseman, just turned 22. So you've got four young big men in place. I wouldn't expect them to expend any resources in that. Department, and you've got your future backcourt locked in with Cunningham and Ivy and Killian Hayes behind them. So, I, the obvious area where you're going to funnel resources this offseason is going to be in in that wing position. You've got uh, Bogdanovich coming back. You've got Isaiah Livers. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I think they will go best player available certainly on draft night. Um, but, right, you know, and it's kind of the silver lining of, of what happened on, on the lottery night is that. Falling to fifth, the strength of, of the draft after you get past Wembenyana and Henderson, big man and point guard, you're talking about wings. So I think they will probably add a wing in the, on draft night. And look, you know, they they could certainly use their thirty million in in cap space the way they have in in the past couple of off seasons in in to facilitate trades. Matter of fact, I would I would be kind of leaning that way. It's it's a thin free agent crop this year. I would kind of expect them to. To use that cap space in trades, but I would expect the target to be someone who you know is someone in that six seven six nine range who can shoot a little bit, play some defense, and best of both worlds. Hopefully, do both, but certainly one or the other. Um, and, and that would be you know that that's the, that's a the clear roster need this this offseason, which is again it, it's. It, it, it's been kind of a blank slate for the first couple of off-seasons. For sure, he could go wherever, you know, wherever opportunity to took him. It took him. This year, it's more clearly he's got to focus on that wing position.
0: Yeah, a slasher, too. Uh, not just a shooter. I think when you look at Bogdanovich and Ivy can take it to the rack, and Cade is more of a shooter. And you're right, with Weissman, uh, Durin, uh Bagley, and Stewart, they're loaded. I, I think a couple of those guys... Could be gone, but I'd like to see a slasher, a power forward, either with the big money with the $30 million in free agent cash or if you find a slasher you can get with that fifth pick. So they got options coming off of 17 wins. I think they need to show dramatic improvement uh, to kind of create new confidence uh, in this squad, Keith. Always appreciate uh, the conversation. We'll talk again either as we get closer yeah. to the draft, free agent signings, or if the Pistons name a new head coach. Thanks, Bill. Anytime. All right, Keith Langloy checking in on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give Guest Line. Don't forget, Father's Day week. It's one of America's top golf tournaments. An incredible uh, six-day event at the Blyfield Country Club, Plainfield Township. All the info and tickets at MeyerLPGAClassic.com.